Welcome back to Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and in today's episode, we will be discovering the back rooms. All right, buckle up. It's going to be a spooky episode. So to start this episode, I thought it would be good to get kind of a background of what we're talking about when we say the back rooms. So we go over to Wikipedia, where the page for the back rooms tells us how it began. All right, it begins, The back room is an urban legend and creepypasta which originated in a 2019 4chan thread about unsettling images. One of the first examples of liminal spaces in internet aesthetic, which usually includes busy locations depicted as unnaturally empty. The back rooms are an endless maze of office rooms which are entered by no clipping out of reality in the wrong areas. As its popularity grew, internet users have expanded upon the original concept by creating different levels and entities which inhabit the back rooms. Fan-made video games, collaborative fiction, wikis, and YouTube videos have been inspired by the back rooms. All right. So the original creepypasta. An anonymous person on 4chan said May 13th, 2019. If you're not careful and you no clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet, the madness of mono yellow, and endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby, because it sure as hell has hurt you. What a creepy post. Alright. On May 12th, 2019, an anonymous user started a thread on the paranormal board of 4chan, asking users to post disquieting images that just feel off. One of the submissions was the original photo of the back rooms, a picture of a large, carpeted, one room with yellow wallpaper and fluorescent lighting. The photo had a Dutch angle. Another user replied with the first description of the back rooms. 600 square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms, which can be accessed by no clipping out of reality in the wrong areas. No clipping is a video game term for commands which allow the player to walk through walls and objects. The location of the original backrooms photo is unknown, and it is possible that the image is a procedurally generated digital composition. Mark Frunenfelder associated the backrooms with Canopsia, a word coined by the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows as the eerie, forlorn atmosphere of a place that's usually bustling with people, but is now abandoned and quiet. All right, so the impact and fandom. As the creepypasta grew in popularity, some users claimed to have visited the back rooms, and others shared memes about it across social media. On the subreddits, creepypasta, and later back rooms, users began to share stories about the back rooms. A fandom began to develop around the back rooms, and creators expanded upon the original iteration of the creepypasta by creating additional floors or levels and entities which populate them. Happy Mag noted in particular two other levels, level one 
a level with industrial architecture, and level two, a darkly lit level with long service tunnels, with the original version named Level Zero. The fandom began dividing into groups such as the originalists, fans who prefer the original backrooms, and expansionalists, who continue to expand the backrooms with new levels. A Reddit user named LitBeep created a subreddit called True Backrooms, focusing only on the original version. ABC News said that unlike fandoms surrounding existing properties, the lack of canonical backrooms made drawing a line between authentic storytelling and jokes difficult. It grouped the backrooms into an emerging genre of collaborative online horror, which also included the SCP Foundation. In March 2022, Reddit subreddit Backrooms had over 157,000 members, and Creepypasta began a mass a following on TikTok. Dan Erickson, creator of the television series Severance, named the Backrooms as one of his many influences while working on the series. All right, adaptations. There's been YouTube adaptations. In January 2022, just last year, a short film titled The Backrooms Found Footage was uploaded to YouTube channel of then 16-year-old director Kane Parsons, or Kane Pixels on YouTube. It is presented as a 1996 recording of a young cameraman who accidentally entered the location, running from entities and entering other levels. The film employs both live-action footage and 3D blender renderings as well as other techniques to create effects such as a shaky camera and a VHS filter. Categorized by some as analog horror, the short received acclaim. WPST contributor Erica Russell called it the scariest video on the internet, while Dread Central's Mary Beth McAndrews compared it to the 2019 video game Control. The first short was featured in the lineup of Unnamed Footage Festival. Some were surprised by what Parsons did with what he had. Jai Alexis of website Pop Horror was surprised by the director's age, while the awesomer noted that the backroom shows how to create tension without a budget. Boing Boing Bob Bashiza hypothesized that the creepypasta will eventually end up in a slick but dismal two-hour Hollywood movie, likely this prediction to the likening this prediction to the Slenderman creepypasta and its 2018 film adaptation. Expanding this video into a series, Parsons included plot aspects such as Async, a shadowy organization which opened a portal into the backrooms in the 1980s. His series also inspired other backrooms creators such as David Pike. In 2022, Parsons received a Creator Honors at the Streamy Awards from the Game Theorists. Video games? On the 12th of February 2022, a Reddit user showcased a Minecraft map based on the Backrooms concept. As of the 28th of January 2023, the mod is still under development, with the screen rants Thomas McNulty claiming that the entities will also be present on the map. The Backrooms has always been the basis of a horror game of the same name, released in 2019 by indie game studio Pie on a Plate Productions. It was praised for its form of horror, 
with bloody disgusting writer Michael L. Sandel, comparing it to the works of writer Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Author Sigma Clem of Guru Gamer felt the game is somewhat unique amidst what he called the cliche and overused motifs of horror content, comparing it to 2004's Yumi Niki. While PC Mag listed it as an honorable mention among ranking of the best free stream games, due to its unnerving and maddening atmosphere, despite being an incredibly short title. Other released games based on the Backrooms include The Backrooms Simulator and Enter the Backrooms, released in 2019 and 2021, respectively. Alright. They did a lot of praising other people and comparing <laughs> them to other things that I know nothing about, but I hope you caught some of the references. Um, the last thing it mentions is the reception. Uh, the Backrooms soon became popular from writers and internet users, most of which commented on its uncanniness. The Creepypasta has also been cited as the origin and most well-known example of liminal spaces, internet trend, which are photos that evoke a sense of nostalgia, lostness, and uncertainty. The hashtag liminal spaces tag has amassed nearly 100 million views on the social media platform TikTok. The horror aspects of the backrooms drew comparisons to the conspiracy theories of UFOs in Area 51, filmmaker Stanley Kubrick's work The Shining, the Minecraft urban legend of Herobrine, and 2019's film Us. Its ambiguous rooms have been noted as featuring similarities to horror stories of the SCP Foundation, especially SCP-3008, a branch of Ikea that contains an infinite interior space within a pocket dimension and to the vague building of control vague buildings of control dazed called the back rooms an example of internet folklore all right very cool so that's from wikipedia so basically the back rooms in a nutshell but let's get into some other articles and see what they have to say Hopefully they contain stories about people that have supposedly gone to the back rooms. That's what I'm most interested in getting to today. All right, so let's start at theghostinmymachine.com, where they have an article by Lucia, Creepypasta of the Week, The Back Rooms. This was written in 2021. Have you heard of The Back Rooms? You'll wander in without realizing it only to notice eventually that you're surrounded by nothing but yellow hallways. You can wander around if you like, but if you find yourself in the back rooms, you may never make it out of there again. Or at least, that's what the stories say. The back rooms don't exist, of course. They're a piece of internet lore, right? But they're an interesting idea. The tons of potential and almost endless array of possibility Little wonder they've inspired so many stories, Photoshop projects, short films, video games, and more in recent years, right? The Backrooms kicked off on 4chan's Paranormal Board back in 2018-2019, and since then, they've become a little SCP Foundation-like, in that they sort of developed as a large-scale collaborative fiction project. Admittedly, the stories and lore surrounding the backrooms aren't centralized in a single wiki or location like SCP Foundations are, but there's something that feels quite similar about the whole thing to me. 
This particular entry in the lore of the backrooms was published to the Creepypasta wiki by user ClayKid12345 in May of 2019, shortly after the true inception of the concept. It's simple, but its simplicity is one of the things that makes it so effective. It offers a bit of a snapshot into what the backrooms can be like. That is, it's just one character's experience with the yellow lab labyrinth hallways that make up the Eldridge location. Oh, and before you ask if there's any way to guard yourself against an accidental trip into the back rooms, the answer it seems is no. It just happens, whenever you want it to or not. Or whether you want it to or not. It was approximately 12.15 when I entered the Johnson County Community Health Clinic. I was there for an appointment I had set up weeks ago, just a routine checkup. It wasn't a new place for me. I had been there a couple of times before, however, the place had an odd nostalgic feel to it, as if it were the location from my childhood or something. And I could never pinpoint exactly what this feeling was or where it came from. As I walked in, an overwhelming feeling of deja vu swept over me. The hum of flicking, flickering fluorescent lights, the white tile flooring, the muted beige paint on the color that colored the walls. I noticed that there was a TV mounted in the corner a small flat screen that was playing a short PowerPoint slideshow on loop of ads and events that were being held by the clinic. I passed the empty waiting area, a small area of the main room with magazines, children's playthings, blue cushion chairs, and approached the woman at the front desk. She was sitting in her bluish-gray office chair, looking at a spreadsheet on the same Windows XP desktop they've had since 2008, there was a sign-in sheet on the counter in front of me. I have an appointment with Dr. Peb Pebbins, I asked. What time? 12.30, I replied. She began typing something in the keyboard. Ah, yes, she responded. Gary Johnston? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll tell the doctor. Please fill this out. She handed me a clipboard, which held simple fill-out form. I walked back to the waiting area, took a seat, and began to fill out the form. I was about halfway done with filling in my information when I slumped back in my chair. I hadn't got much sleep the night before, and I was exhausted. As I slumped back, I noticed something very peculiar. My head never hit the wall. In fact, it felt like it went in. I got up, quite frightened, and looked at the wall. Nothing, not a single hole or dent had been made in the wall by my head, so I reached out and touched the walls, and my fingers went through it. I recoiled in shock. What the hell was that? I thought as I reached to touch the wall again, only to find my fingers clip through once more. Then suddenly, I lost my balance, tripped, and fell directly through the wall. I fell face first onto some dirty tanned carpeting. Upon getting back up, I realized I was in a completely different room. Well, not really a room per se, more like a set of rooms, all of which were connected by openings. The walls were covered in gross, tan-patterned wallpaper. There was an overwhelming stench of moist carpet. I turned back around and tried to put my hand back through the wall, and it wouldn't go through. Okay, what the crap? I muttered. I looked back into the room. There were no windows, no doors, nothing on the walls, other than that disgusting wallpaper. Of course, it was completely empty, aside from a singular plastic blue ch school chair. 
At this point, the only thing going through my mind was fear and the repeating thought of, I need to leave, on loop in my head. I started running through the rooms, desperately trying to find an exit, but to no avail. There was no exit. Was this my permanent location until I died? No, there had to be a way out. I wasn't just going to be left here, right? Eventually someone would notice that I was gone. But nobody did. Then in the distance, I heard footsteps, but not those of a humans, at least not a normal human. Along the footsteps was a gurgling snarl, like that of an angry animal. I began to run, as fast as I could from whatever the hell was approaching me. I didn't want anything to do with it. I ran for what seemed like forever, but I was always back in the same room. I started in, at least it looked like the same room, not that I could tell them apart. So I sat down, defeated. A feeling of dread filled my body, and I started to cry. I was going to die here. I'm still there. I haven't left. I've accepted my fate. In fact, I can actually hear footsteps. I wonder who that is. Alright, so we go now to Creepypasta, the back rooms. Um, and let me just tell you the description. It has June 10th, 2019. Madness, paranoia, mental illness, locations and sites, psychological horror, strange and unexplained, backrooms meme, backrooms, creepypasta, buildings, clay kid, one, two, three, four, five, glitches, haunted buildings, hauntings, locations, madness, memes, psychological, <laughs> stalkers, strange, the backrooms, unexplained. So yeah, that's what we're in for. The Backrooms is a relatively recent example of internet folklore that's still expanding its scope and mythology. Essentially, the Backrooms posit the existence of a place that people can slip or no-clip into, become lost or trapped, an unreality behind or parallel to this reality. The Backrooms are not inherently sinister on first viewing, as they appear to simply be unoccupied office space of banal manila walls long corridors, and ugly carpets. The terrifying element comes with the idea of finding yourself there, unable to escape, trapped in a labyrinth of these corridors that is unending and eternal, meaning that there is no exit and that anyone finding themselves in this other dimension will be confined there perpetually. There's also the added detail that there are others or other things of apparently malevolent nature in this environment with you, and that every movement you remain inside, you run the risk of encountering one of these denizens of the other place. Alright, the backroom influences. In addition to the above-mentioned literary influences that can be seen in the first snatch of text attached to the image, various other influences and considerations such are noted. The concept of a labyrinth, inhabited by a creature or a thing that means harm, can be found as far back as Greek myth, with the story of Theseus and the Minotaur, in which the king Minos builds a gigantic labyrinth designed by Daedalus, father of the unfortunate Icarus from that other famous myth, in which to house the half-man, half-bull creature, the Minotaur, brave warriors would enter the labyrinth, become lost, and eventually be hunted and killed by the creature. The haunting nature of corridors that go on forever and strangely unsettling na nature of corporate and uniform buildings such as hotels is one exploited by Stephen King, famously in The Shining, and also in 1408. 
The ever-continuing or shifting location with no way out can be seen in the Matrix films and the Blair Witch Project, which characters seemingly repeat loops in the same area over and over. The larger concept of a place parallel to or outside of time into which human beings can be condemned has obviously been the feature of famous religions for centuries, and the level ide- levels idea bears some resemblance to the idea of hell having several levels. However, the closest equivalent to the original idea posited by the backrooms photo is that of a purgatory or limbo, a place that is neither heaven nor hell, but a stage in between, a place of nothingness that was part of Catholic doctrine for many centuries and was said to be where the unbaptized go after death. This state that is not in and of itself threatening, but which is menacing for its extent, the fact that it goes on forever and there's no escape, is similar to the concept of limbo, but presents it as a, in a very modern way. It is worth noting that the location from which the initial photo was taken has not yet been convincingly identified, which is a testament to its bland, inoffensive, cookie-cutter uniformity. Some have suggested that it shows a location in Montana, while others have argued that it is not an actual real-life location at all, but rather an image created using a computer algorithm. Speaking of computers, it is worth mentioning that the verb noclip, first used by John Carmack, comes from the computer game and is essentially a process in which the collision detection in a game is bypassed by meaning a character can't walk through walls or objects that would usually be solid, meaning they can move between levels in a game without having to complete the current level in a conventional way. In the case of the back rooms, the idea would be that a human could no-clip from their perceived reality and into other dimension, which, considering the idea that some physicists believe that there are multiple or even infinite dimensions, with some even arguing that our reality might itself be a simulation, is a terrifying thought which has great potential as a storytelling device. Finally, it is worth considering, as some have suggested, that the original image posted in the response to a call for unsettling images would have been meant ironically or as a representation of a wasted life. The image behind this depressing suggestion being that the poster uploaded the image of this banal and nondescript location in response to a request for images that were unsettling or a bit off because it depicted a life of boredom and monotony in a joyless corporate environment that become, because of its repetitive nature, seems like a prison that goes on and on forever. What could be more unsettling than that? Right? Very cool. Let's take a little break and get right back at it. All right. So now we're going to go over to Game Rant, where it has inside the back rooms, every entity ranked by their scare factor. This is written by Hannah Dahlberg. Inside the Back Rooms is just one of several indie horror games based on the backroom's urban legend. These are the game's most terrifying entities. The backrooms are certainly one of the most surreal stories to have graced readers' screens for a long time. The urban legend is based on a simple question. Given that there is a human simulation, what if a person clipped out of reality and into the unloaded areas of the map? 
The backrooms refer to those unloaded subliminal areas that seem oddly familiar to viewers, as if they'd explored them in a dream. The backrooms also depicted as an endless maze-like hallways that are tinted yellow from floor to ceiling. That said, since the popularity of the urban legend has skyrocketed, fans have built on that setting and created other subliminal levels of the backrooms. Inside the Backrooms is just one of a handful of indie horror games based on the concept of the Backrooms. Since the game's release, it quickly became one of the most popular games based on the Backrooms. With four-player co-op and decent graphics, given the name is still in early access, Inside the Backrooms also sheds its own spotlight on some of the chilling entities that are rumored to stalk some unfortunate enough to be trapped in the Backrooms. Entity 110 Carnivorous Balloon Entity 110, known as the Carnivorous Balloon, truly encompasses fear in what is familiar. While it may appear to be a harmless balloon at first glance, if players get too close to it, it latches on and attacks with gnarly jump scare. Although the Entity's jump scares are sudden and jarring to players, at the end of the day, Entity 110 is just a hostile red balloon. While it might be unnerving to see something so familiar amidst the fear of the unknown within the backrooms, the carnivorous balloon's design, simple design, doesn't have the same scare factor as some of the other entities hidden inside the backrooms. Entity 8, The Hound Entity 8, known as The Hound, is one of the entities that players run into most often with, within inside the backrooms. This entity resembles a disheveled humanoid figure that walks on all fours, similar to a dog or a caveman. In-game, players need to maintain eye contact with the hound in order to put distance between the creature and themselves. The entity is intimidated by eye contact and won't bound towards players if they're staring straight at it. Being forced to look at this creature, not knowing if it'll run towards the player staring at it anyway, builds more terror inside the player than the humanoid entity's eerie but plain design. Unknown Entity Bacteria If players were unnerved by the mechanical siren head, they'll be just as frozen in fear by the lanky, wiry creature known as Unknown Entity. This entity, dubbed Bacteria, is a creator. Cane Pixels is tricky to come across the, within the inside the backrooms if players are relying on proximity chat or even just being in the same voice call as other to communicate while playing. This entity is attracted to radio signals, meaning that players who are using in-game walkie-talkies to communicate have to limit their communication or suffer the consequences. While this entity may be easy to avoid, the paralyzing fear to players who are communicating using walkie-talkies as to if and when bacteria will spawn around them is chilling, especially in those dark hallways. Entity 10 Skin Stealers Entity 10, otherwise known as the Skin Stealers, are tall, seemingly skinless humanoid entities that peer through the darkness with two beady red eyes. Their mouths are long and horrifying, decorated with sharp, tiny teeth, built so that they can wear their victim's skin as a disguise. The concept of this skinless entity is horrifying in and of itself. However, being stalked by the tall entity within inside the backrooms and attacked with its jarring, chilling jump scare only adds to the fear, particularly for those who have already known the eventual fate of those the Entity catches. Entity 3, The Smiler 
Entity 3, known as the Smiler, is by far the most horrifying entities in Inside the Backrooms. Not only is it the twisty, toothy grin that the entity dons enough to give even the most fearless of players nightmares, but the way the entity spawns and lurks around each corner within the game makes its appearance far more chilling. Players need to turn corners carefully and look down hallways before taking off because Entity 3 could be right around the corner or further down the hallway, staring and smiling with its eyes and grin that pierce through the darkness. More than any other entity within Inside the Backrooms, Entity 3 will both terrify players and make them feel as though there's truly no escape from the monsters inside the endless maze in which the players find themselves trapped. Alright, we're going over to nssmag.com where they have an article called How the Backrooms Became an Urban Legend of the Digital Age. The Endless Fascination of the Place That Disturbs Us. This is written by Sylvia Trevison. Restlessness, anxiety, and feeling of living in an eternal deja vu. These are the emotions described by those who say they have found themselves, at least once in their lives, in a backroom. A place, or rather infinite liminal spaces, characterized by an aesthetic as disturbing as the paradoxical familiar. A disused warehouse, an empty swimming pool, a monochromatic office with flashing lights. The imagery of the backrooms feeds on non-places that evoke a strong sense of uncertainty in the observer, and is one of the latest chilling products of internet folklore, which has gained strength thanks to numerous speculations of web communities. Just think of the fame of the legends that orbit around the Cecil Hotel, or the terrifying character of the Slender Man. The theory of the existence of these rooms was born on 4chan, an image board site where users post content of all kinds anonymously, following a post depicting a monochromatic room with white carpeting and lights, accompanied by this caption. Practically a creepypasta, a fictional tale aimed at terrorizing anyone who reads it, which in no time at all has spread an infinite number of images of empty, glooming rooms on platforms such as Reddit and YouTube, under the tag, hashtag liminal spaces. But what is it that attracts us to much that a phenomenon born completely anonymously on a web becomes popular? Our existence is studded with indecipherable events, which by nature we are induced to explain. When we don't have a key or in the right meaning to give to what happens around us, we find ourselves immersed in a tangle of confusion and uncertainty. The imagery of the backrooms perfectly embodies this state of mind and gives it form through a seductive, creepy aesthetic. Reminiscent of the post-vaporwave world and abstractionism, the reason why these locations are strangely familiar to us lies in the visual inputs that have been bombarding us for years through media. From cult films like The Shining, shot in dilapidated Labyrinth Hotel, to video games of the caliber of Silent Hill, Grand Theft Auto, and Rayman. We've collected and stored in the drawer of memory and fear a series of remote places that our mind goes to fish out when we are less alert, turning them into background of our worst nightmares. The dark and foggy neighborhoods of the Stranger Things or even before Twin Peaks, Freddy's Dream World in the Nightmare Saga, the surreal infinite prison of Cube and the corridors and pools where the demons of It Follows roams, 
The loading zones between one level and another of a game, the menacing presence that watches in the dark like the clown Pennywise. The horror imagery of our era reworks the most cryptic scenarios of horror cinema and gaming, transforming them into metaphors of a more current, intangible fear. Backrooms are waiting areas with a strong symbolic meaning that perfectly represent the main fears of our century, social anxiety and horror vasui. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is no coincidence that many artists choose these transition zones as the subject of the representation to express in the best possible way these abstract concepts. From the canvases of... Ferdinanda Florence, a painter originally from Washington, D.C., to the famous 3D illustrator Jared Pike, and crypto artist Hanai Masumi, liminal spaces redefine the social anxiety of the 21st century with surreal landscapes, excluded from space and time, looking threatening but equally bewitching. On the web, there are endless theories that orbit around the existence of back rooms in the real world. It would be mostly hallucinations, which ends up trapped during the phenomenon, such as sleep paralysis or degenerative conditions for our brain, such as Alzheimer's. The caretaker, an experienced British musician between 2016 and 2019, has made an entire album inspired by the neurocognitive disorders. Everywhere at the end of time is composed of melancholic, disturbing melodies some sampled from the soundtrack of The Shining, which are repeated in an endless and disruptive loop. In this regard, it is interesting to note how the hypothesis of existence of these places go hand in hand with the divergence between body and mind, becoming the vehicle from another common fear, widespread on a large scale, the loss of control. Since ancient times, we have been fascinated by what is unknown to us, what escapes our reasoning, and we have tried to give shape to our fears in order to contain and overcome them. The supposition that in a place apparently vacant and uninhabited, an occult secret can be hidden, only inches increases the degree of alarm and seduction that that place exerts on us. Liminal spaces creep into our artistic imagination, paraphrasing the role of Dante's purgatory, they frighten us even more than hell, precisely because they seem very real. All right, we go over to the inquirer.net where it actually has a story on the backrooms. What are the backrooms? So, if we skip over all of the information that we've already read and we've already seen on other uh, channels, we also see that this one is a new one. So, let me read it. The first story regarding the backrooms, and I'm sure we've already read some of it, but I digress. Chris Freward found the photo in 2019 when he was 16 years old, and it has lingered in his mind ever since. He noticed that the backrooms photo kept appearing on 4chan. In response, he woke up at 5 a.m. and wrote the first spooky lore about the concept. He said, something about that original 4chan post really resonated with me. And as I'm sure it did with millions of other people who love the background or backrooms concept. He posted the story on Reddit on the creepypasta thread and received two upvotes. Eventually, more people started sharing their iterations of the lore. 
Some offered photoshopped images, inspired videos, and related video games. The different levels of the backgrounds. The original lore or canon says that the backgrounds have or the back rooms have three different levels of the backgrounds. You may find more in other spin-offs, so the following list explains the original sections. Level zero or the lobby shows in the original backrooms video or picture. Users imagined manic humanoid entities called hounds prowling the area. Also, it came it contained the no-clip zone that may return a person to Earth. Unfortunately, it may lead them back to the starting point of level zero or another unknown location. Level one, or the habitable zone, becomes available after someone wanders around level zero for days. It looks like a dingy warehouse with fog and puddles of water. Unlike level zero, the habitable zone lights flicker more often and may turn off completely. Worse, the hounds may attack wanderers. Level 2, or Pipe Dreams, appears as long service tunnels with pipes on the walls. Its lights shine bright enough to raise temperatures to 100 degrees. According to the lore, survivors have escaped the back rooms by remaining calm and accepting the area as their home. More discussion threads. The original backroom subreddit has had over 231,000 members at the time of writing. Now they share more content content related to the concept, such as memes and mock-ups of different rooms. However, some people thought the additional lore convoluted the original story. In response, 24-year-old Redditor Litbeep launched a more recent forum called True Backrooms. It had over 17.4 members at the time of writing. They focused on the look and feel of the original 4chan photo. They still share ideas about the backrooms, but not delve deeply into the spinoffs. Lidbeat believed that the backrooms did not need the new locations or entities. He said the eeriness of the place was more than enough. Content inspired by the backrooms. The made-up realm inspired many video games, videos and games. So let us take at some of the most popular ones. We've already talked about the YouTuber Kane Pixels, a 16-year-old middle schooler uh, that shared the found footage style video. Fortunately, his hard work paid off because the video received over 38 million views at the time of this writing. Moreover, some video games explored the Backrooms. The Backrooms game is a free video game available on PC. Your goal is to escape while avoiding monsters. What makes it unique is its sanity mechanic. Your character must look at his wristwatch to keep calm. Otherwise, he may panic and attract monsters. Enter the Backrooms is also available on Steam for $4.99 and has a retro pixelated look. You will have to figure out how to defeat different entities. Some require you to find the exit, while others will go away after a specific period. The Backroom Simulator is available on iPhone and other Apple devices for $0.99. Cents. Unlike the previous examples, it specifies this is not a game. Instead, it only lets you walk around the in-game backrooms. The original concept came from a few images, but they captivate the imagination of various people. In turn, they create clips, games, and other related content. There are no real-life backrooms, but some people feel if that it seems familiar. 
Listen to these creators. They said they feel nostalgia when viewing these images, especially times before the internet became mainstream. It was the time when people used VHS recorders and wired telephone sets. Homes and offices had a similar design to the backrooms, yet the backrooms elicit fear among viewers. The walls have a sickly yellow hue, and some people cringe at the idea of damp carpet. Also, the backrooms have flickering fluorescent lights you may find in the indoor parking lot. Some call them liminal spaces, areas stuck between two places. In other words, the backrooms are supernatural, and people have been fascinated by such ideas for thousands of years. The nostalgic and fantastical aspects draw people together, allowing them to build on the lore. Aside from the backrooms, there are other community-driven spooky stories. For example, Slenderman captured people's imaginations before the backrooms became popular. It was an unusual tall humanoid figure with slim arms, a formal suit, and a featureless face. It appears on games when you are stuck within it in a forest. Their goal is to collect pages while avoiding Slenderman. It became so popular that it had a full-length film. Also, if you have the SP SCP Foundation, the acronym stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. As the name suggests, the Foundation catches and imprisons various fictional features and artifacts. People expand the lore by submitting SCP entries, ranging from original concepts to existing mythological creatures. You can find numerous clips and video games inspired by it. The Conclusion the backrooms are trending on the internet. Many people watch and play games regarding the concept. Remarkably, it all started with a few pictures. It shows that there are feelings and ideas that people share worldwide. The backrooms elicit nostalgia and fantasy that attracts people from all over the world. These ideas are like fables and myths we read in history class. However, we can now share them with people outside our countries. That is the power of the internet. All right, so by now you've realized that this is talking about a fictional place called the Backrooms, but there is something about it that made it relevant enough to make a spooky episode about, and I think that has to do with the concept that it's not original to itself as far as we believed in Matrix-style another dimension next to ours kind of purgatory and like these are not new concepts um this is the stuff our nightmares are made out of being in a place that's slightly familiar but we're unable to escape or we're running from something that's gonna get us um i think that's a a native like uh trait that we're like through evolution born with of like we are scared of this for a reason like this causes horror feelings and fear for a reason um so while i'm not giving credence that the backrooms itself is real i am also not debunking it as completely you know it is made up but i believe that sometimes we are given information through stories and, you know, sometimes there can be a speck of truth in those stories, even if they are fictional. So with that being said, let's jump into some more articles. 
and see what we get into. All right, several articles um, about people saying don't look back in the back rooms. All right, we go over to happymag.tv where they have the back rooms, an eerie phenomenon lies behind these familiar hallways by Manning Patson. All right, true horror exists with one foot in reality and the other dangling off a cliff. Enter the back rooms, a maze to go mad in. Ever dreamed of endless hallways? Gotten lost on a school excursion? Found a place where you're alone yet still being watched? Chances are you've stumbled into the back rooms. A terrifying and oddly nostalgic realm for you to live out the rest of your days. We've covered conspiracies before, from Aratus to Area 51, but nothing quite reaches the uncanny valley like the back rooms. So we dared to roam the spine-chilling back rooms theory, and this is what we found. Alright, so of course they're going to go through what are the back rooms, and... We've already explained how it started on 4chan, looking for cursed images and things that make people feel uncomfortable. This haunted room, paired with the inspired description, caught the intrigue of thousands. Users began to discuss the backroom's theory and how the room felt familiar to them. Is the backroom's a real place? Is there a backroom's hotel out there that resembles a Minecraft hallway of some sort? Well, many have claimed to enter the backrooms via daydreaming, dreaming, and evoking fearful nostalgia. Others explain their real-life encounters with the backrooms. Some found them by getting off the wrong level of an elevator. Some found them on construction job sites. Some found them on the way to psychologists. Some found them in nursing homes. However, one sentiment was shared. All experiences with the backrooms left you feeling existential, hollow, and terrified. Right. It goes into explain what no clipping is. Going through walls. Roaming the backrooms. Once you've entered the backrooms, here's what you can expect when it comes to the backroom images. Old, moist carpet. Mono-yellow madness. Old-school fluorescent lights loudly humming away. Unending rooms and corridors. Not a pleasant place to be. Hey, still, we're only getting started. Apart from being trapped outside of space and time, you're also not alone as you think. Backroom creatures, for one. The backroom's theory. Some conspiracists claim that the backrooms have a level of progression. Once again, tying the backroom's creepypasta into video game mechanics. Cultural influence. This psychological nightmare fuel has had its share, fair share of influences and spinoffs. If you look back to the original 4chan images, the jarring colorful hallways of the Kubrick's The Shining come to mind. So do escape rooms, the legend of Herobrine and Min Minecraft, and other unsettling appearances that just feel off. But with all that is all of that in mind, are backrooms real? More importantly, how any of you ended up there and lived to tell the tale? Let us know, is the backrooms a real place? Let's not forget the tethered, in 2009's Us, mirrored versions of people in our reality who existed in seemingly parallel world, 
but with a distorted, sinister twist. Unsurprisingly, the Backrooms has spawned several video game simulations where you can take on the wasteland yourself. A word of caution, tread lightly, and don't forget where you came from. Alright, so now we go over to HorrorObsessive.com, where they have an article called A Glitch in Space and Time, Breaking Down the Backrooms, by Sean Parker. There is a growing trend of horror shorts online, recorded in lo-fi resolutions and featuring yellow papered walls. Known as the backrooms, this space is where one finds himself when they trip through a hole in reality, a glitch in the fabric of existence. Plenty of videos are floating around online chronicling this intriguing concept and just begging for lengthier production to explore the depth of horror that the idea entails. After seeing the Kane Parsons video, The Backrooms, found footage, I was enamored with the idea and wanted to find out more about this captivating enigma that over 18 million viewers have experienced so far. Consider a video game world or a Matrix-inspired existence where there is a programmer for everything that makes up our existence. Object programming can become problematic if things aren't aligned correctly in the video's game code, especially between surfaces or objects. This sometimes causes characters to suddenly fall through the video game world, causing them to wind up in a video game achievement and blooper show, the highlight reel. While the unfortunate consequence in games is having your character die or needing to restart, they're often resurrected from the last save point without the memory of realizing their life was a lie and their world is virtual. The character then continues on their quest without any time having passed. Patches issued in video games over time stop these in-game errors from occurring and prevent the character from no-clipping out of their reality. If we assume our reality to be a simulation and someone somewhere has added a safeguard, the notion becomes horrifying. When you consider the room 4chan and creepypasta visitors have created for when you find yourself no-clipping out of existence, the anxiety it triggers is deeply resonating. Instead of getting into fights with nameless, faceless people on the internet, I do research, make my own decisions, and present my findings. There are two groups of thoughts about the backrooms. The first seeks to expand the mythos and insists there are hundreds of backroom levels popping up filled with imaginative creatures, decorations, and surprises, from jungle-themed rooms to killer clowns. This train of thought appeals to the infinite possibilities of the space. The other group insists there are only three. The three levels insisted upon by the backroom persists. purists start at level zero and work their way to level two. The liminal space of level zero is one I've already described, desolate and tonality, tonally neutral yet disturbing nonetheless. Humanoid creatures, known as hounds, lurk at this level that should be avoided as well as the no-clip zone, said to have the power to return the individual home, back to the starting location of the backrooms, or into a different reality altogether. Level 1, the second of these levels, can be reached when a wanderer decides not to use a no-clip zone, instead drive themselves mad by investigating the space for days. Getting to level 1 never suggests an opening of doors. Instead, a person would just suddenly find themselves elevated to the level psychologically. The lights flicker more frequently on level 1 and seem to have muted brightness versus that of level 0. The other key difference 
as the architecture starts to get more industrial, with the sound of mechanical whirring and spinning cogs heard throughout the rooms. Finally, level two is the darkest level of the back rooms. It consists of the most industrial technology in high temperature, and if I've read it correctly, presents itself as the final psychological component to escape the back rooms. Like level one, level two can also be reached through hours or days spent in previous level, sometimes called the foundry. Backroom survivors state that the only way to leave the bright yellow maze of damp carpet is to accept the space as your home. There are plenty of reasons the backroom are the perfect horror concept. We first have to consider whoever designed the space was trying to craft something non-threatening. Analytics of data trends for the designer would have suggested that millions of people work in these spaces and spend the bulk of their lives there. That could imply that the original intent of the space was supposed to put people who fell into the back rooms at ease by making the area look similar to places they're not only familiar with, but from the outside perspective seem to enjoy spending all their time in spaces, nearly identical to these. Knowing that brings in on the immutable psychology of dead-end jobs, the stress time of time crunches, and existential crisis of wasting one's life behind a desk in a cubicle. The idea that a clipped-out person has to believe they'll die in an office to escape is relatable to anyone who has ever quit their job due to dissatisfaction of their work life. Even I have found myself guilty of that maelstrom of emotion and crippling trepidation. My Backroom Theories I like both versions of the argument, but the three levels idea works on a psychological level, unlike that of Chuck E. Cheese-inspired level. Sorry, but that's as off the rails as Hellraiser in space. Needing a person to accept their fate as a cog in a machine over the sounds and architecture of industry is extremely blunt, but being the person stuck in the back rooms never has to go anywhere physically. Can we consider maybe? There's only one level with various psychological renditions, depending on the individual. I like to consider the back rooms as one level constantly transforming, like the MC Eckner Esker painting Relativity, which features never-ending and mind-bending staircases. In the video game Returnal, when the character dies, they respawn to find the area of the level they're exploring different from the designs they walked through before. This is how I view the back rooms. Imagine walking from one section of the back rooms into another only to find a different iteration of the one you just came from. And walking back into the last room yields its changes as well. It's like being in a maze on a Rubik's Cube while someone's trying to solve it. I also perceive the back rooms as a catch-all set at the thin spots in our reality to ensure our safety. As previously stated, the design may have been chosen to put us at ease. Like when Eleanor, Kristen Bell, wakes up in the good place to the words, welcome, everything is fine. However, we can theorize that the designer has to use this catch-all for more than one iteration of the game over time. Consider Grand Theft Auto V for a moment. The game has been out since 2013, but continues to be modified for, from its original version. And because of variables from content updates, a team needs to keep an eye on the game in case new updates cause problems. The more content Rockstar puts into their game, the greater the need to monitor issues. 
If a cosmic creator continues adding new storylines, objects, etc., it can mess with the simulation's initial code. Let's consider missing person reports over the last 30 years. Statista shows the pinnacle of missing person reports occurred in 1997, when 980,712 uh, people were reported missing in the United States. I get this is starting to sound super conspirator, but I promise, I just like basing my imagination on some truth. Anyway, let's say 1997 is reality's first backrooms patch. People may have started to suspect these missing person reports were pointing towards something else, and the designer would then try to deviate that sentient notion. The architecture of the backrooms perhaps meant that the banality of a place most individuals are familiar with could also serve as, serve as reprogramming by ingraining a corporate do-your-job mentality onto the individual. Somehow, this timeline fits with both the dawn of the internet and probably the script writing of the Matrix. But let's say that up until the first patch, people were just disappearing from reality without a trace. Beta tests for the liminal space seemed to work, but with the millennium came monumental advances in technology the designer wasn't ready for. While numbers deplete from the highest record in 1997, the numbers remained high. From 2002 to 2006, the numbers plateau again, and 2.0 was installed. Numbers go up again in 2013 to 2017, when our latest patch was installed, as missing persons numbers began dropping to their lowest reported during numbers in 30 years. Those figures could coincide with anything in our reality, from the smartphone revolution, the mainstream adoption of hybrid cars, or anything widespread enough to, that would affect a large portion of the population. Now we can say that, that with this data, the backrooms are working to protect us from falling through our simulated world. But maybe the designer is so preoccupied with patching these rotating spots continually to spring up as the simulation continues to grow, upgrade, and thrive. If our simulation has been running for long enough time, they may also be working on other simulations based on our simulation's success. In video games, that's called an add-on pack. The developer would likely use the same backrooms code to save characters from those add-ons as well as the simulation we're a part of. If that's so, these spaces can shift and move based on where and what rendition needs it most. It's a patch. If the patch is issued and a character is still looking for their exit in the backrooms, they can end up connected to a reality entirely different from the simulation they're accustomed to. Call of Duty has zombie modes that generally have nothing to do with the game, right? Who's to say that our simulation doesn't have various modes to that effect we aren't supposed to know about? The creator hasn't considered a no-clipped individual getting stuck in a place that may also be catching for feral hounds, the zombies, or aliens from add-on packs. These beings may no-clip into the same place this individual finds himself in, and I think that could make for some interesting adaptations of the mythos in the future. This theory would also fit the mythos of no-clip zones in the backrooms, and the character from our daily sim would wake up in a new world like Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead to a message of don't open, dead inside. Other backrooms worth exploring 
What I enjoy about other train of thought on the subject is that this concept can apply to more than one space. While the creepiness of the backrooms concept uses five stages of grief in making a point about the hours we would spend stuck at work, acceptance is the only thing that allows them an exit. But not everyone hates their office job, and many of the levels create after level two could affect those percentages outside the mainstream. Level 90 resembles a mall, and level 94 is a penitentiary. Focusing on their specific situations could imbue a different fear response if you're looking to scare someone into subservience. Oscar Ramirez's Into the Backrooms explores some of the other levels to exceptionally creepy effect, even the Chuck E. Cheese concept. I considered a little brash before. I'd recommend this slow-burning Mexican short film to anyone looking to see the concept manipulation can induce fear and panic for people who don't live in a 9-to-5 office world. The film may be a bit of an intro, but sit tight. This one ends on a wild note. When I sat down to write this piece on the vast and insidious concept, I first came across a video game, The Backrooms Game which I initially thought was a precursor to Kane Pixel's film. Currently free on Steam, the game contains all the psychological trappings discussed above, including a random level generator to keep the experience fresh. The game's developer, Pie on a Plate Productions, is expecting a full edition to release sometime in the future, and you can follow their process or progress on their website. All right. So we jump back into the stories. I go over to Reddit where there's a Backrooms uh, subreddit and I wanted to read some of these stories. All right. My Backroom Story. This was submitted three years ago by Jules09. Guys, today was a very scary day. I entered the Backrooms. I've read countless stories about it, but never knew how real and scary it could be. Believe me, you don't want to be here. I found a place where I could hide and tell you guys about this, so I have something to be remembered by. For, you know, I'd die here. I entered the bedroom, which I came home from school and sat down on the couch. I fell through it and landed on a cold, hard, yellowish floor. Level 1 beside another person. He had a huge scar over his face. He asked where we were, but me with some knowledge about backroom directly understood this was a skin stealer monster who would hunt you down and kill you. They then proceeded to wear your skin as coverage. I asked him if I could see his blood because skin stealers have transparent blood. The skin stealer proceeded to scream so incredibly loud my ears still hurt. I stumbled back against a dark wall and fell through it. I fricked up real bad, I knew. I'd entered the negative levels. I was in an endless hallway with doors on both sides. Level negative one? These doors led to level two, zero, and negative two. Two is bad, zero is relatively safe, negative two is the worst of the worst. I found a bottle of almond water, which I really needed to go further to level two. So I was kind of lucky there, but I had no choice and entered the third door on their left. I was really lucky and landed in level zero. By the way, my power bank isn't running out, and my 4G won't go lower than 13 MB, so that's kind of nice. 
On level zero, there are no monsters, just yellow rooms which look like you're in your grandmother's or your grand-grandmother's house. I now have to walk to find level one again. Day four. I finally got to level one. I'm so happy and scared at the same moment. I keep signing blood. I keep singing blood is red. He's not dead. Blood's not in sight. He's ready to fight. Blood is red. He's not dead. Blood's not in sight. He's ready to fight. If I see another skin stealer, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm not ready yet. That scream still haunts me. I found stairs that led down to level 2, a level with a lot of monsters, and maybe even worse. It gets in your head. It's like the level was alive, creeping up to you, hating you, whispering to you. Luckily, I have that almond water I found on level negative 1. It helps against wounds and the telepathic powers of the back room, but it still hurts. If I ever get out, I'll never be the same. Level 2 scarred me. Of course, I had to find a canned... Oh wait, I forgot to tell you how this level looks. Level 2 is an empty level with tunnels with pipes. What was I saying? Sorry, I'm running out of almond water, so I'm going a bit crazy. Oh yeah, I had to wander into Candlestrider, a faceless woman, 220 long and floating 30 centimeters above the ground. She handles a candle, hence the name. I saw her from the back and wasn't sure she was so slowly walking to her. Big mistake. Once I was close, she turned around and her faceless head so close to me, I was scared stiff. Also a big mistake. She hit me with her candle on my left upper arm. From there, I don't remember to well anymore. All I know is that I felt my flesh rotting away while I was running for my life. I don't remember how long I was running, how far I ran, but when I looked at my arm, it was almost rotten away. A quick look at the wiki told me that I had to use my precious almond water. Hence, I'm running short on it. When I put some of it on my arm, it started to regrow but the water was gone. I had used half the bottle, which meant I had five hours to get out of this level. I ran as hard as I could for about four hours when I found an unlocked door leading to level four, a pretty peaceful layer. I'm now searching for almond water, which can be found in fountains. Luckily, I found this really rare bottle because it come in very handy for that. Day eight. Okay, let me explain why it took so long for me to write again. Level 4 took really long. Once I had found a fountain for almond water, I walked for about 12 hours in this empty apartment complex. It was by far the most unsettling level. There's nothing, like literally nothing here, until I found a hound. I thought it was just a dog and was confused until I turned around. I totally forgot about the skin stealer and candle striker because this was much worse. This was a dog-like human, which or human-like dog, I'm not sure, but hate thinking about it. It's like in a human in the shape of a dog or something like that. It attacked me immediately when it saw me. It bit my upper thigh. I wanted to scream, but didn't want to attract more entities. Instead, I bit my lip. I bit it too hard because it started bleeding, but that didn't matter. The hound didn't let go before I started hitting him. He still didn't let go, so I kept hitting him full rage mode now until it died. I killed it with my bare hands. Blood was all over me, and I didn't know what to do. 
I spilled the almond water over my leg, but had to make the trip back to get new almond water for the next level. I walked back 12 hours and walked another 16 to find an elevator to level 6, the worst level there. Once I got there, you won't be hearing from this human anymore. Sincerely, your worst nightmare, the smiler. Alright, so now I'm over on Vice, where most of the article explains where the backrooms came from, which we've already covered. But for Pixels, the background or backrooms is a physical manifestation of a poorly remembered past, appealing to those with cloudy recollection of the late 90s, early 2000s. Right? I mostly remember that time through little glimpses of memories here and there, and then family photos. The flash is always on, the lighting is gross, looking, the yellow walls, the white balance is all off. David R. was aware of the original 4chan post, but it was Pixel's video that made him enter the back rooms. The 24-year-old, who asked that his full name not be published to protect his privacy, says he's frightened at the thought of getting lost in those wallpapered corridors, but is drawn in by the mysterious familiarity. He thinks the back rooms appear differently for each person who enters, the wallpaper based on a place they visited but can't remember. Everyone has a memory somewhere in their brain of being somewhere like the back rooms, he said. Most people went to some weird place where they were young and just have, and have just forgotten about it. Later that evening, David sends me stills from a VHS tape taken during a family holiday when he was four years old. He'd forgotten about it until his mother showed him. He's riding on a scooter, alone, in a desolate sprawl of endless corridors. Being lost somewhere hasn't really been something I've had to worry about in a long time, he tells me. If I got lost in another country, I'd be worried. But I could eventually figure out how to get home by using my phone or someone else's. But if I woke up in the back rooms, what would I do? Alright, just thought that was really cool from Vice. I saw a TikTok where they actually said that on Google Images, if you go to Street View on some of these places, um, it's actually on Google, but it's the Google Maps backrooms, and it has several places that, if you click on them, it takes you and shows you a different backrooms image, but it's actually on the map. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Like, it's on Google Maps. Like, right now I'm at Nara Osaka Stadium. And it just has a creepy image. This is on Google Maps. It's not anything, but it's like, it's a weird image that looks like a tunnel with lights. Just browsing through what they have as liminal backrooms. Okay, this one's weird. Uh, Sandpoint Overlook. And it has an image of a, looks like office building, but there's somebody floating. <laughs> or some kind of camera floating, maybe? But the something on the wall says, don't search or you'll sink. And this is on Google, like Google Maps. 
City of Karath. This is super weird. Yeah, they have what looks like inside of a silo. It looks like a whole bunch of white plastic chairs in a semicircle. You see a house floating on a sphere covered in grass in a driveway. But you see a million of these house and spheres and clotheslines all the way back into infinity. This is so weird. Why would why would they make these? I don't know. Like this seems separate than the back rooms that we've been talking about because they didn't mention any of the Google Maps ones. All right, those were the liminal back rooms. What is the non-liminal? I'm just looking at different locations, but the images that they're showing like either can't be real or like why are they on Google Maps? <laughs> it just seems weird. Anyway, like this one is Boas Beckett Forest in Montreal or near it. And it's just an image of trees in the snow, but with that same kind of floaty thing, the camera thing. Portland State Game Arena. It's just a hallway. This is weird. Not gonna lie. Super weird. <sighs> All right. I mean, that's. They only showed me a limited amount of back rooms. Um, and I believe the TikTok, um, I've seen them show more than this. But that's all that Google Maps showed me. So let's read some articles that talk about this. All right. Uh, Streetviewfails.com. They have a trend compilation, all back rooms on Google Maps. Oh, it says uh, it has geographical locations, but they said when this post was published, they were deleted. The don't search or you'll sink one that I found. There's one that's just a random bathroom. Cape Romano Dome House. Marco Island, Florida, USA. This one looks very backroomy. This one was between Austria, Switzerland, and Italy on the border, and then they deleted it. It was more of those wallpapered walls, endless office rooms. This is the one I was talking about near Montreal, but the robot and creepy shadow show similarities to the other backroom's images. They deleted this image after a long time. They didn't delete this one because I actually saw it. The number of backrooms on Google Earth in total is 13. Still exists two, one not leaked. This article wasn't very much of an article. It was more like a telling us about the images that they found, that we found too. We go over to yourtango.com where they have an article inside the mysterious lore of Google Earth backrooms, creepy empty spaces you can find on maps. If you snooped around the internet, you probably found your fair share of spooky videos. And you might even be familiar with something called backrooms. They're creepy, scary, and bad things have probably happened in them. So why all of a sudden is there a surge of online discussion about backrooms and places to find them? And how are people finding them on Google Earth? There are a ton of videos showing the different spine-chilling rooms you can find on Google Earth by typing in specific locations. Coordinates, viewing the location in Street View. 
Even big shows like Severance have used backrooms as an inspiration for their own set designs. But what are these weird liminal spaces, and how do you find them? The mission is to exit the backrooms without getting caught by the backroom monster, a strange entity referred to as it or the being. However, the theory about finding these backrooms on Google Earth went viral in April 2022 Reddit thread, where one user posted a photo asking, what the hell did I just find on Google Earth? The thread is filled with conspiracy theories and a lot of discussion of the game. Word quickly spread to TikTok, leading to at least one viral video. In this video, which has over 218,000 likes, a user named The Judderman explains the concept of a backroom, but basically talks about the same thing I was seeing on Google Earth. All right. The trending concept includes liminal spaces and strange parts of maps that give off a weird and creepy vibe. One TikToker called the Google Earth Guy made a video showing one of the many backrooms you find on Google Earth. This one supposedly shows the monster. Google has removed most, if not all, of the backrooms from Google Earth and Google Maps. Since Google has deleted multiple backrooms, this is people wondering if it's some sort of conspiracy or cover-up, and perhaps Google knows more than they're letting on. The first and most famous backroom spotted in Google Earth is located in the middle of Nara, Japan, at coordinates 3442035 north, 1354916 east. When you toggle into Street View, you find an odd office-like space turned upside down. If you look closely, you can even see Billy Le Robot, a YouTuber posing as a fictional character. Another creepy backroom found in Australia is the city of Karatha. The room is described as having multiple chairs organized in circles around Billy the robot, who is looking up in the center of the dark room. But perhaps the creepiest backroom was found in Dave or Day Valley, California, at coordinates 37 to 11.1 north, 121 5244.0 west. This backroom shows a grainy, yellow wall, dimly lit room with Billy the Robot flying inside of it. However, there's also an eerie writing on the wall, which reads, Don't search or you'll sink. This begs the question, are backrooms found on Google Earth actually real? Simply put, the backrooms seen on Google Maps and Google Earth were real at one point. It is, however, important to note that anyone can post a photo to Google Earth or Google Maps, including 3D ones which was likely what happened to create this weird phenomenon. Plus, considering that backrooms originated as a creepypasta, it's safe to assume they aren't real and are simply created by people on the internet. Still, backrooms provide just the right amount of creepiness for horror fans. We go over to Reddit, where they have an, another subreddit on the backrooms, and it says, this particular one was written a year ago. It says, help, I got stuck in the back, back rooms. So uh, I forgot to count how many doors there were today, and I ended up in the back rooms because I entered one I wasn't supposed to. If anyone is stuck on level zero like me, please inform me. I'm a bit lonely in this maze of yellow wall. Alright, so jumping back into Reddit, 
Um, we look at eight months ago where Ready Player One Two Three Four Five posted, "I solved the back rooms. It's the fourth dimension." Guys, I think I solved the back rooms. I have a theory that makes perfect sense. For this, you need to understand the concept of dimensions, which are a real thing and not a concept of fiction. I don't mean dimensions like alternate worlds or universes. I mean dimensions such as 2D and 3D. A two-dimensional world would look like a platformer game. Picture the classic Super Mario Brothers game, if it helps. You can move only left, right up, down, The game is observed in a side view. It seems it's a two-dimensional because it only includes length and height. Width doesn't seem to exist in the game world. Now in real world, we live in a three-dimensional world. Or perhaps we live in a 4D or 5D or even higher dimensional world. But being 3D creatures, we we cannot observe any higher dimension than the third. In fact, this idea plays into my theory. Let me explain the third dimension real quick. The third dimension is the one we observe in our daily lives, the length, width, height of things. Our brain can only comprehend these three dimensions. We can only observe three-dimensional objects. No one has ever seen something 4D, so we can't understand how it would look or feel like. We can only theorize. Now here's my theory. The back rooms is the fourth dimension. Let me explain why it makes sense. When we enter the back rooms, it seems like kind of a glitch in reality. We don't actually go anywhere new. We simply are suddenly able to observe the fourth dimension of reality. Now, like I said, we have no idea what 4D looks like, but in my interpretation, I think the 4D world let us observe entirely new spaces. The world would suddenly seem much, much bigger. There would be empty spaces everywhere that no one has ever seen or been in, simply because our perspective doesn't allow us to observe them. Seeing in 3D hides huge portions of the universe from us. Now hear me out. No clipping into the back rooms is nothing but suddenly being able to see into the fourth dimension all of a sudden. Now that we're exploring 4D areas, people in the 3D areas can't see us. And we can't see them, because we're hidden from each other's view by the law of perspective. The back rooms is simply the immensely large sections of the world that we can't see normally. The fourth dimension. This is also why backroom levels resemble infinite versions of common everyday places, such as offices, restrooms, hotels, etc. We are literally in these offices, restrooms, hotels. We just we're just exploring their fourth dimensions. We're exploring the normally unobservable spaces of them. This also explains why the backrooms acts like all mind-bending and strange. They loop and rearrange. Doors will lead you to places you just passed. Doors you just came out of will lead to places you don't remember passing. It's because we don't understand the fourth dimension. It doesn't make sense to our 3D selves. It acts in ways that we don't understand, but we really but really make perfect sense in a 3D world. I'd love to hear all of your thoughts on this. But that is my headcanon from now on. Pretty cool. Alright, another story that I kind of thought was a little backroomish was the elevator game. So let's read about it and see if it correlates with the backrooms or is in and of itself a completely different being. 
Um, I've noticed things like this in my stories that I told on alternate realities in the Mandela Effect episode, and also this one about crossing into realms that are not our world. All right. So this article is called The Elevator Game and What to Know and Why You Shouldn't Play by Deirdre K. All right. Why do people love to scare themselves? Everyone loves an adrenaline rush. The currently trendy, but certainly not new way people are getting their hearts racing outside of Halloween is with a game called The Elevator Game or Elevator to Another World. The game seems to have originated in Korea and seems creepy as hell. If you think you're the only one searching for this, you're not. According to the latest search data, the elevator game is searched for 33,100 times a month. A month. And if you follow the rules carefully, a couple things may happen. You might meet a woman who will enter the elevator and who you should apparently ignore at all costs. And if you get off on the 10th floor, you might enter another world. Listen, elevators are relatively safe inventions. They're meant to go up and down in all kinds of orders with numerous stops. Playing this game probably isn't putting any extraordinary stress on the elevator. That said, you'll be in the elevator for an extended period of time, and that always comes with greater risk. What if there's a fire or the power goes out? An elevator is the last place you'll want to be. Plus, honestly, playing this game just creates a nuisance for people who actually need to use the elevator to go about their business. Also, on the off chance this crap is real, why on earth do you want to summon ghosts or enter creepy other worlds? We don't advise playing. However, if you're curious, these are the rules according to multiple sources and creepy game sites but with the special attention to the ghost in my machine, because they didn't include any creepy pictures. Alright, needed to play? One player. There are conflicting reports on this can be played with others. One set of instructions we found says that you can, but keep in mind that if anyone quits mid-ride, you have to start from the beginning. And you'll also need a 10-story building with at least one elevator, Getting to the other world. Enter the elevator alone, or with your friends, but no one else. Do not get out on any floors. If any outsiders get on the elevator, you'll need to start over. Proceed to the fourth floor. Descend to the second floor. Proceed to the sixth floor. Return to the second floor. Ascend to the tenth floor. Return to the fifth floor. When you reach the fifth floor, it's then that people report encountering a young woman. You're instructed not to look at or interact with her. She may or may not try talking to you, asking for help, or antagonizing you. Press the button for the fourth or the first floor. Two things might happen. If the elevator descends to the first floor, exit immediately and do not look back or speak. If the elevator starts to go up, you've been allowed into the other world. When you reach the tenth floor, things might look slightly different. No one else will be there. The power might be out. Some players claim to look out windows and see only a red cross in the distance. If you choose to exit the elevator, you should ignore the woman's attempts to question or stop you. What happens if you talk to the woman in the elevator game? If you heard one thing about the elevator game from friends or well-meaning strangers on the internet, it's probably not to acknowledge the woman in the elevator under any circumstances. 
there's a lot of lore surrounding this part of the game. Some say the woman appears to them as someone they know. Some people swear that even just looking at this woman led to damning consequences. This writer suggests the woman followed them home. Is any of this true? You could test the theory to find out, but we sure don't recommend it. Returning from the other world. If you choose to stay in the elevator and not explore, just press the button for the first floor and return home. You might have to keep pressing the button to get it to work. If you choose to get off the elevator and explore, there are a few rules to follow in order to properly return to your home world. You must use the same elevator you used to arrive. Follow steps 2 to 7, finishing on the 5th floor. Floor sequence 4, 2, 6, 2, 10, 5. When you reach the 5th floor, press the button to return to the 1st floor. The elevator will attempt to return to the 10th floor instead. Begin pressing the other floor numbers to stop the elevator before you reach the 10th floor. Proceed to the 1st floor again. Upon reaching the first floor, check your surroundings. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not get off the elevator. Repeat step two until things look normal. Once you're confident you've returned to the real world, exit the elevator. If you go ahead with the game and want to find out more about it, here are some first-hand accounts on Reddit you can read. And another one, if you believe in the paranormal, just read about the elevator game and its aftermath will send chills down your spine. The concept of this game is so scary, it inspired a Korean horror flick not too long ago. It also inspired a short film that you can watch on YouTube, if you dare. Alright, elevator game tips. This game requires playing on a machine. This isn't really supposed to be a toy. However, there are other dangers to keep an eye out for. When messing with the paranormal, your phones and electronic devices may not work, so make sure someone knows where you are. You may become disoriented and forget which elevator you arrived in. Try to stay focused. It's the only way out. If you paint, if you pass out or faint, you might wake up at home, but make sure you're really at home. It could be the spirit world in disguise. Again, say nothing to the strange woman you see. Don't even look at her. All right. Very cool. All right, and I wanted to include that just because it's a little like stepping into another place or a back room, if you will. Um, you're seeing another dimension that maybe you weren't supposed to be in. But who am I to say if this is real or not? I know from looking at Reddit that we could do a whole episode on the elevator game stories and the terrifying accounts that people say that happen to them when they get off on certain floors. But I digress. This has been a fun episode. Um, just because it is a made-up story um, in its origins, don't uh, take it as complete fiction as there are some weird unanswered questions. Of course, there is the nostalgia that we all feel looking at these wallpapered office rooms that are empty and kind of like, where, why am I afraid of this image? Or like, what is giving me anxiety and fear from this? 
but it's like a familiar, like I, I know it, I've been there kind of fear. So maybe that's something to look into. But I digress. <laughs> As with anything, including the Mandela effect, other dimensions, I'm not crossing them out and saying they never happen. So even with the back rooms, I'm also keeping it an open mind about, you know, it could have started fake, but could it be that some people just cross into another dimension or one right next to ours? I don't know. To give me your theories or to connect with me, be sure to follow us on the Facebook page. Our group is called Paranormal Stories, Spooky Shiz, Spooky Shiz in parentheses in the title. Um, yeah, it's a great way to connect with me and send me your stories for future episodes. All right. This is Chappie. Stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>